Hey everyone, how are you? I hope you had a good Thanksgiving and all that jazz. So right now I'm in Petaluma. Actually, no, I'm in San Jose. San Jose. And I'm performing in Petaluma tonight. It's the night after Thanksgiving. So the college kids are still home and tearing it up. Families are getting together, people flying all over. I'm staring at the highway outside. I was in, uh, we were in San Diego for Thanksgiving. Me, Brian McKenna, he's opening for me on this tour, on the Live and Laugh tour. And um, Zach, the tour manager, it was the three of us. And we had a good, we had a good Thanksgiving. We went to Fogo de Chao, Fogo do Chao, Fogo do Chao. And uh, you know, I, made, I made a reservation. It was funny because... I'm going, who's going to a Brazilian steakhouse on Thanksgiving? That's just probably going to be the only ones walking in there. and They're probably going to be aggravated or even open. Thank God I made a reservation. That place was packed. Packed. It was 105 degrees with the body heat in that place. It was... It was, and it was good. They had a turkey dinner, the stuffing, and plus their regular stuff. It was, it was really good. We had a great, great Thanksgiving dinner. So, happy Thanksgiving to everyone out there. My family, my girls, D, uh, my oldest one is back from college. Oh, we're going to jump into that story too. We got a whole story right there. Um, and she's going to be joining me. She's going to be joining you very soon. So the shows have been really good. I played Anaheim. Uh, first got out here on Monday. And then uh, we were in Anaheim. Anaheim was great. Edgar, it was great to see you. It was a Tuesday night show. Um, saw Edgar from Metallica Tour. I saw a lot of people. I had a lot of... You know what's blown me away is... These shows, a lot of meet and greets are families where they're bringing 10-year-old, 14-year-old. And I, I think I mentioned that in a previous, but, and then what blows me away more is what, what their big attraction is, meaning what, what, what bit lowered you in. And it seems that most people uh, refer to and laughter for all. My stand-up special and laughter for all. And there's a lot of also uh, of the let's clear the air. So, and there's particular bits. Long live paint is every single show. Long live paint. Long live paint. Long live paint. Oh, my God. I just watched it. My friend sent it to me. Long live paint. Long live paint. Right? <laughs> The meaning of success, that bit, I got a lot of that too. Dude, when you do the, when you do the kangaroo, and what's success? You got leather pants and kangaroo walking down a mall, which that's going to be the cover of my next, that's going to be the cover of my next tour. Has to be. Or my next book. Just has to be. It's eye-catchy. That's what I wanted the book to look like, but whatever. They gave me money and they're like, shut your face, here's what it's gonna be, pal. Um, 
so yeah, there's there's a lot I want to get into with you today. Uh, I have I have guests that I'm going to start bringing on. Interesting stuff. I got a lot of I got a lot of ideas. I really want to push through on this. I have a script I'm writing. I don't know if I'm going to tell you about that, but yeah, I mean I'll talk a little bit about it. Um, I want to talk about my my wife's Christmas boycott this year. It's a major boycott. It's serious stuff going down in the House of Brews. Huge vacation I have coming, which I feel I, I'm overwhelmed by the opportunity that just literally fell on my lap about three minutes ago. I'm already doing something sick this summer, now something even sicker. So, yeah, this is going to be a cool little hang. I'm going to start with my oldest daughter. She's 20 years old, and I get a call from her uh, about a couple weeks ago. She's crying, and um, she says, Dad, I can't do this anymore. I said, do what? I can't do college. I just, I can't do this. I think I made a mistake. I made a terrible mistake. Um, she transferred colleges. So she used to go one place, she transferred and went to South Carolina. She was in Florida, she went to South Carolina. The school in Florida was very hands-on. They, the tables were circle, it was very interactive. Um, and for whatever reason she wanted to transfer, I think it was, we, I'll wait, but we'll wait till we podcast it together. I don't want to say anything that, is wrong, but you know my assumptions. I think she, whatever. And then when she went over there, she felt to to Charleston. That's where she went. Overwhelmed, and she had a great summer. She had a phenomenal summer. She was working two jobs. She got a car. She went down there. She was. Uh, she felt good about her appearance, and. Her confidence was soaring. You know, when you, if you have children, you know what it's like when you see your child soaring in life. When my daughter's happy, she sings. It's the most beautiful thing you've ever heard. It's, I, I, I'm telling you, as a father, when I would hear my oldest daughter just singing, I knew that meant she was really happy. And my wife and always, my wife and I would always say that, like, "Oh, do you hear her upstairs? She's happy." I go, "Yeah, she's really happy right now." So whenever my daughter was happy, she would just sing, sing and sing. She'd go from room to room, singing. Sometimes at the top of her lungs. And the thing is, she sat her voices. I'm not just saying this, but it's it's it puts tears in my eyes. It's pretty powerful. It's beautiful. It really is beautiful. And uh, so she calls and she says, Dad, I can't do this. I want to I travel. I don't, I, I, I want to help kids. I just, I don't know what direction I want to do. I'm always depressed. I have no direction. I have anxiety. I just, I get overwhelmed. 
And everyone has, everyone has different views on this stuff. Now, me as a father, I don't know if my views are right, but I always felt this girl was extremely creative. She's a creative writer. She's creative. She was a dancer. She was singing. She was very creative in the art direction. I mean, there's all different ways to create. I don't need some guy going, hey, you know what? I'm an architect, and I, hey, you know what? I plant trees, and it's very artistic. I'm a federal employee. Whatever, whatever. Everyone's got some artistic thing to them. But she really, and when she went to Florida, she tried out, I think, for two different musical uh, groups, and they both declined her. I don't think it was the right song for your voice. Uh, it didn't show off your voice so much. You're not going to win. She left up here, you know, the head of the class and the, the lead during chorus. And and she sounds... I just watched something the other day and I just could not believe how amazing it sounded. I was blown out of my mind. So she goes, Dad, I, I want to come up. I, I, I just... I don't know what to do. I want to come back home and I want to work a job and I... I want to work, and this is, now this is the direction it goes now. She goes, I want to, maybe I can tour with you. And, you know, last year you did this charity thing and you're always talking about this charity stuff. Maybe, maybe I start setting up all those phone calls and I start doing all that stuff for you because that'll help me too. She goes, and I want to volunteer at animal shelters and, I, I don't know. Maybe it'll kickstart me in the direction that I that I feel. I have I have I'm alive inside, but I don't know how to let it out. And she went on and on, and we talked about lifestyle change. Where I said, "You you, if you feel confident about this, I said, do you feel confident about this, or are you just trying to sell yourself?" She goes, no, I, it's very scary. I said, I know it's scary. I went through the same thing. Well, I didn't really. I, I had a completely... My mom was petrified when she, she knew I wanted to be a comedian. And she was petrified for me. Because she and everyone, a, a majority of people from the time you're 15, 16, basically say, you need to go to school. You need to go to college. You need to get the education. That is what's rammed down your throat and programmed to you and brainwashed into you your whole life. Your whole life. By the time you're 15, you got to start thinking about possible careers. That's utter madness. Madness. And I'm talking to Brian McKenna, who's uh, the guy torn for me. And he goes, the biggest mistake I made was we couldn't really afford we we couldn't afford college so I had to pay for it, which have family members that are that way too, and then they take student loans, and then you get out, and you're tens of thousands of dollars in debt, and you don't get a career. There's no guarantee of any career. There's no guarantees. Period. This is the 1950s. This ain't the this ain't then again. Like, oh, you got a, you got this, and this is how much you'll be making every year. That, this is, that doesn't exist. 
He's still paying loans for his education that he had 10 years ago. He said he's got at least another couple thousand left. He said, my biggest regret was not just doing what I really wanted to do because now I set my life back a lot of years. And my mom was freaked out. And I pulled my dad aside. I said, Dad, I'm really sorry. Um, Mom's freaking out. I told her that I don't want, I really, I want to act and I want to go into stand-up comedy. It's what I really want to do. And he just calmly said, well, go, you do that now. You do that. Because I never had that chance. I never had that chance. I was shipped off the war. I was never, he'd even say that. He just said, I never had that chance. And he didn't say it with vengeance. He didn't say it as a bitter old man. He said it as a real man, a real father. And we very rarely had deep conversations, maybe never. But in moments like these, they stand out so much because he just, he said, you do this now because you'll never have this opportunity again in your life. You're young. If you make a mistake in a couple years, then you can go to school and then you can figure things out and then you'll have a direction. But do it now where you can. So I never had that chance. And I tell a lot of teenagers that. And I don't know why parents are afraid to tell their teenagers that. They don't have to go to school. They don't have to go to college. Not right away. That's crazy. The stress that puts on them. Stress leads to you don't know what you want to be. You know, they talk about, well, this gateway drug and this gateway drug. I'm sorry, but my own personal belief, when you don't have a passionate drive, when you're not, when you're stuck doing something you don't want to do in life, that's why you drink. That's why you get high. That's why you eat horribly. That's why you don't give a rat's ass anymore. You numb yourself. What are you living for? What are you to, to make the paycheck? I have to make this money. That's, that, that's it. You feel enslaved. You feel imprisoned. What would you do if you were stuck in one place and every day was exactly the same and nothing that you did mattered? That about sums it up for me. There's billions of people like that. So all I'm saying is, just take time to really think about it instead of just shoving them in that direction. And so I would listen to her and I knew, she, you know, she would party and she, I didn't really drink that much. I, I, I feel she definitely tore it up. But then again, so did I. So did I. I can't, I, I, I don't admit it a lot not while the kids are growing up because I don't want them to know I don't want them to get a green light to do it I was a maniac a maniac when you're trying to figure things out those are those are testy times those are dangerous times you become a maniac 
drugs and hanging out with wrong people and making really bad decisions. Bad decisions with re- a lot of repercussions. Some of us are still paying for those repercussions. <laughs> and many different levels of, of uh, paying for those. So I said, Gabrielle, listen, if you feel confident about this, I, I, I stand behind you 100% and I will do everything I can to lift you up and guide you and help. But you got to know, this is serious. I don't, you can't, dad's, dad's got a business here. And I hold it with high respect. You got to come in with that. And she said, dad, I, that's why I'm doing it. Now, she could be playing me like a fiddle. I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't know. I don't want to get Dion here right now because she would not be talking in the same tone as me or in the same view. She has different views and that's, that's her. And it's not for me to talk. Talk for her. For her. Talk for her. And you know, it's really weird lately. I don't know if I'm, my mind's going, but certain words, I'll, I'll, I'll like... I'll, I'll say them weird. Fur. You know, I said fur. What the hell's wrong with me? Anyway. You know, I got to deal with... We have to deal with uh, my wife's... You know, one day she's like, all right, but she's got to do this, 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 and this, and this, and this. I go, I know, I know. And then she'll go, you know what? She can't stay here. <sighs> And these are lifetime moments, lifetime moments. Some people say, you know what? It needs to be out of the street on their own, figuring it all out on their own. I, I get that, but not when they don't have skills. Not when they, have, they don't have skills to fend for themselves or, or, or just know how to surround themselves in an environment that can be extremely positive and helpful. A lot of wolves out there. A lot of wolves out there. All different shapes, sizes, genders. A lot of wolves. So I'm not going to lie to you. I'm pretty freaking excited. I'd be a liar if I didn't say I can't wait to get her view on here and how she feels about things and then how I feel about things and then maybe some of you are going through this right now maybe a lot of you are going through this right now you know my my oldest is is what seemed into she went through a lot this year and you know what she may be one of the she makes me belly laugh and I mean belly laugh she was on the phone last night with me after Thanksgiving, imitating my wife, Dee, imitating the whole car ride, screaming, yelling. Uh, I, was, I, was, I was howling, howling. I said, Kelsey, you please come on here and do that one day just, just to crack me up, just to she tells a story of grandma's house and this, and she imitates everyone in the house. She's freaking hilarious. She's hilarious, but you don't like doing it. 
I don't like doing it in the spotlight. I said, that's all right. It's all good. <laughs> but I'm excited. I'm going to be with my daughter. Maybe it's a selfish thing. I think she's going to soar. That's what I get excited about. I think she's going to soar. I know. I know. Her soul is the most important thing. Her mind. Her mind, her soul. And I, I'm telling you, this is going to be a good thing for her. So, that's going to be coming up. And hopefully we can... You can possibly help me with this journey. Or you know about it. You know about it. A lot of you going through it. So, some of us are going to be going through it together now. And I can't wait to do that. And singing-wise, I'm going to make her sing on here a couple times. She's not going to have a choice. I'm going to make her sing like she's auditioning for something. I think that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Uh, she's excited. It's good to hear the excitement in her voice rather than, you know, I used to call like, hi, oh, dad. Like, what's the matter? Oh, I was up late. And then I'd get pissed because I know what up late means. Girls, girls, guys, please don't stand on the table. Don't, please don't, don't jump up and down on the counter. Please, we don't do that. Put the butt, do, no, put it in a, put it in a cup, put the glasses down. Thank you. Can we open a window, please? <coughs> All right, so let me tell you the other thing. In this, this house of brews. Welcome to another episode of This House of Brews. In the first episode, early on in this podcast, we heard of Jim's daughter leaving college. My daughter's leaving college. Already put down the deposit for the semester. I can't get that money back now. Oh, it's gonna be hell at home. Oh, mama don't want them. But daughter needs some health care. It's gonna be some winner in the house of brews. Now his wife is boycotting Christmas Cause last year she felt so down So this Christmas gonna spend far away When the house of bruise I couldn't come up with Darn, I was doing so good I couldn't come up with a last a little last rhyme <laughs> All right so D hits me. She's like, Jim, I am not, we're not doing Christmas. I, I don't like the commercialism of it. Now, if you don't know, this is your first time listening. Uh, my wife found the Lord years ago. So she's all about this is the Lord's Day, not Macy's, not Target, not the malls, not uh, the commercialism. It's for the Lord, okay? Which is another whole... That's, a, that's another whole thing. Not, not a bad, just another whole thing. So with that said, now the real, now the real reason is last year, 
um, my wife, uh, first of all, I was on a, a Metallica tour. So I was gone a bunch. And while I was gone, she also does most of the Christmas shopping. So she was, she feels this need to get everybody gifts. And there's a lot of a lot of kids in our family, a lot. A lot of great nieces, great nephews. It's just a lot. Nieces, nephews, friends. And it it it, it becomes too overwhelming for D. My attitude is I I don't feel the need to have to give a gift. I'm giving gift certificate to something. Oh, that's stupid. Like, no, I don't. Nobody. If if you got to. Is is anyone in May going, we're not going over so-and-so's house because their Christmas gift was absolutely insulting. You know what I mean? Like, you, you, if you need to give a gift to anybody in order to keep them in your life, get rid of them. Get rid of them. Purposely show up with nothing. So you give a gift because you want to. Or you feel the need to, not forced to. And that that that's her that's her personal dilemma. Every day should be Christmas. Every once in a while should be Christmas. Why does it have to be why why does a gift have to be given that day? But the bigger one the bigger issue is, now again, if this is your first time listening, my wife um, was diagnosed with st- stage four uh, cancer, breast cancer, and the only way she can survive is being on a trial drug. And that was almost two and a half years ago now. So, for the time being, life is wonderful. But you need that backstory to also maybe understand a lot of her emotions and feelings. So, with that, every month she goes to get tested. And uh, she goes to UPenn. And she goes to get tested and they give her the blood and they give this whole thing. They take her scans of all the tumors and and they measure them. And through time and from the first time that she started this trial, they said, listen, you know, usually we know by the second month if this is going to work. The tumors either stay exactly where they're at or they some may start shrinking, but we'll know by the second month. You know, the first month you can't really tell. Some some react differently, but second month you can see this is how this is what the reaction is going to be. So don't get too excited. And after the first month, I remember D she called me up and it was she was crying and she's like I was praying so hard and and you know the Lord is great and, and amazing and they some it, the, the numbers, the charts, a lot of them shrunk. It's working. It's working. But I knew. I did everything I can to put the face on 
but it was really hard to get too excited because I knew the real test was the next month. And then the next month came and they said, it's still going. And then it's been that way. It's been that way. Thank you, God. Just thank you. It's been that way all the way until last Christmas. All the way to last Christmas. And last Christmas, the stress that was on my wife, that she put on herself, that she felt the need to give to all these people. And I don't know what, the, I don't know what that comes from. I, I don't know, and shame on me. Maybe I, I, I should dig deeper. Sometimes I think I'm an amazing husband and sometimes I think I suck. I don't know. I don't know. And uh, it was the first time ever that her counts went down, that the drugs were not work. Oh, they, they weren't working. And that was such... And we've been going through reality checks for a long time now, real long time. But uh, with this trial, every once in a while, you you forget she. I, I forget she still has it because she looks so good. D is hot. D is my wife is sexy. She's beautiful. She's cute. She's adorable. She's funny. We came alive again this summer. And, and my flame has not, not gone out an inch yet. I love her so much. But that was the first time, and that's a reality check. It was, it was, it was a smack. And then you go through, oh my God, is this it? Are we starting here? So I understand her her lack of, she's like, I just want to go away. And I said, okay. She goes, but the kids are heartbroken and they're mad. They're giving me, they're giving me crap, which is another whole thing. Cause sometimes I go, the kids like, do you ever take time to think about what's really going on? Or we're we just gonna pretend everything's cool. So she feels that, you know, being away, she doesn't wanna deal with the stress, she doesn't wanna deal, and I don't blame her. So I'm looking, we keep looking. We were gonna go to Colorado, and then that kinda didn't turn out, and then, um, then we, so I don't know, I'm looking for a Christmassy, she was looking at a scuba diving, so we're all over the place. We're all over the place. And, and again, she hit me right before I came out in this, and she went, all right, now that Colorado fell through, I'm telling you right now, I don't care what everyone does, I'm not going to be here, as long as you know that. And I went, hon, I heard you loud and clear, and I'm going to be with you no matter what. No matter what. I got you. So that's what's going on in my world. Uh... 
And you know, and sometimes I, I, I just like talking because the more, the more people I meet at these meet and greets, the more I realize we're all so similar in one way or another. In one way or another. And again, I keep getting messages on Instagram. I keep getting messages, uh, personal message, DM, whatever they call them, whether it's on Twitter, but mostly, mostly Instagram and Facebook. And people say, you have no clue. I lost my mom. We lost our mom last week. She was the one that got us the tickets. And... We weren't going to go. And then the last second, my little sister said, come on, let's do this for mom. She goes, we haven't even smiled since that date. We showed up. We were crying. We didn't know if we can go in there. We went in. We sat down. We were were second guessing. You went on stage and you made us laugh. And you made us remember our mom. And we went home for the first time laughing about mom instead of crying about mom. Can I just tell you? That means more than just laughing your ass off. I, that's, that's what I live for now. Because when I was, when I was young, I always felt it was a gift. But we're in a world where we're, we're trained and we're pushed towards just make money. And we're pushed towards, forget the truth. Like, you know, sometimes I go, the things we pay for, the things we take over and just make you pay. If you come up with medicine that helps a certain thing, why does it cost so much? Why do you, why do you take it? What gives you the right to take something natural and then own it. Like, who's the first person that did that? Who are the first people that took things and owned it? Where was that? Was it one tribe attacking another? Like, was it agriculture that started that? What started that? Because when I, I remember being young, I, that is my dilemma because I do feel humor conversation, all that, that, that is meant to, you know, therapy back in the day was called friendship. Honesty. That's what it was called. Friendship and honesty. That's what it was called back in the day. And I'm not knocking therapy. It just seems that the more we are forced to divide our lives and go in this direction and no matter what you do, you have to make money and a career and a career and a money. The more destructive the family becomes, the more you're torn to pieces, the more you're all over the place, and the more we disconnect with one another. And the more we disconnect with one another, the more you got to pay for everything that you're already born with, your natural human nature. I don't know. I'm getting wacky right now. I just took off. The sermon right now is going, where are you going, Jim? Jim, where are you going? This conversation. All right, let's go in the woods. We're going in the woods. I don't know. I'm staring at a guy. I'm, I'm by the freeway, 
and I'm in a, what a shot. I wish I had this picture. It's a guy riding a bike with two people on it. It's a two people, uh, an Asian guy and a very heavy white guy crossing the street together, holding something. And then, uh, a guy across the street with a little sign said, need, need, need food. Anyway, anyway, folks, so anyway, so there's some good stuff coming this way, but the the tour is um, all right. I, I I got off base there for a second. The healing I felt that I should, if you have the gift to make someone laugh and heal, it should be it should be free, and so. I guess what I'm saying is when I, I'm very touched when any of you come up and say something like that or write it because it's very powerful. It makes me feel connected and it makes me feel that what I'm doing, even though I'm going to get a paycheck for it, even though I'm going to sell merchandise or whatever, the business part of it, that's more powerful. And that keeps me going and that inspires me. You know, I've been trying, I, I, I've been writing a script, right? And I'm very, very excited about it. And again, the reason, the reason why I'm writing it too is full-blown inspiration, and passion. It's along the same line that I've always been talking on this podcast and just in life in general. You know, just helping, help when you can, help the people you can, make a difference for a better life for you and everyone around you. No matter what that is, whatever level that is. So, you know, I used to, and, I, and I'm, I'm going to get some of these people on the podcast because that excites me. And as soon as I get home, I'm going to set up a little microphone. They don't even know. I kind of felt them out. Say, hey, you guys up for just podcast? They don't even know. Anyone over 50, like, what, what is that? It's, it's radio. That's all you need to know. It's radio and people are going to listen. And such great life has, in the morning I go to this coffee shop and such great Relationships have have formed from this over over the years, and so anyway, long story short, I was writing a script and I told my manager, and I it wasn't ready yet, wasn't ready yet, but I felt like ah, you know what, I just want to, you know, I'm working on this, it's really cool, it's really awesome, and the good thing is, back in the back years ago when you were writing a TV show, you had to go do it in September because that's quote pitch season um, and they they buy the idea and the script and then they develop it and then they try it out in the spring and then it gets picked up for the next year well that doesn't exist anymore you can write it whenever you want I'm not getting paid and no one even knows I'm doing it so I can take my time which is where I say you have an advantage. And I, and I tell young comics that too. When You can write your own thing. You don't have to sell it right now. Take your time. If you're not pitching, if you're not trying to get money to write it, if you're not, and no one knows about it, just take your time and write it. It could take 10 years. It could take five years. It could take 20 minutes. Do it on your time. 
And, you know, so I'm writing this. I'm super excited. He didn't get it. You know, imagine, I, I didn't present it very well. But it only made me go, I got to work harder at this. And I have been. And I'm pretty damn excited. I'm up to uh, 20... I'm almost done with the pilot. I must have wrote and rewrote this thing a f- 40 times. And Brian McKenna helped with uh, an idea he gave me of a writing style that we'll talk about another day. Um, but I, I'm pretty... And so here's my wacky idea for the whole thing. And if you see me or write on Instagram or Facebook, um, just go, hey, Jim, you know what? It's not a wacky idea. I think it's a great idea. That sounds like a fun thing. So long story short, I used to want to do this a while ago, but I want to write the show and be done with it. And before pitch it, I want to write a couple episodes, but I also want to put together friends that I really trust, management, and we sit at a place that I pick, I set the mood, I tell everyone what it's about, we sit down, we read it, and then we punch it up, whatever, and then we write another one, and just call it like a club. And then when it's ready, we let you listen to it. You listen to that whole process, especially once it's, and then we start developing it or that. I don't know. I just, I always want to take you on that type of journey. And I always thought that'd be so cool to have you going, oh, you know what? You know who should play so-and-so? Like, oh my God, it's a great idea. And I'm sure I've heard it somewhere else. I don't know. Maybe Howard. I don't know. I don't know. But and we tried messing around on my radio show with stuff like that. Corielli would write a, uh, a movie, and we cast it on there, and that was that was a, a movie for radio. And he has some good ideas. Corielli's a great writer. You got a gift, my friend. You got a gift. Oh yeah, you're very good. You really, really creative and a good writer. I know he's working on another project now. I hope he does good with it. You know what? We should we should call him. Let me write that down. Pete, call Pete Corielli. Ask about script and who he's writing with. Script and who's he's writing. I think he's doing something with Kevin James again. He used to uh, write on Kevin James' show and was a pivotal part of me getting to play the priest on Kevin's sitcom. The last one. So why I'm writing all this, you know, and I have these other, I have all these other ideas and... My my lawyer, who I've known a long time, another just great guy, always gives me amazing advice. Amazing advice. I don't always listen to it. So he goes, Jim, why are you going to do TV shows? Why are you going to do... Bro, just talk about it. Do all of it on your podcast. I'm like, yeah, but it's like movies. And, but you can just bring it to the podcast. You want to write the script? Write the script. But talk about it in the podcast. And I thought, I, thought, I was like, ah, I don't know. I don't know. I think it'd be better as a film and all this jazz. And So with that said, the script is almost done. And I'm going to bring 
we're going to talk about some of it on this podcast at the very place that inspired my script. And hopefully by the time the new year comes, we can all be part of a process like, wow, we watched Jim go through all this. How cool was that? He was going through the family. He was going through this. And then he started with the script and you got to listen to the whole process. So there's a lot on the horizon. And I'll tell you one other thing about a script. I, I have this idea. I ran it by the people that are very important in my circle. They loved it. They wrote up a draft. I just read it. And it was the first time I belly laughed at something that has a great possibility of being created and put together. I will say this to uh, the people involved. I don't want to put too much out there. But I have the script idea. These two guys put it together. And I'll tell you what. Kick ass. This is going to be fun. And that, that message is for them. Um, hey, thanks for listening. Come see me on the road. Come see me on the road, will you? And... At the end of the shows, I do thank yous if you get merch and you download the merch and you show the receipt to Brian McKenna, and then I take a picture with you and sign stuff. But And I take anyone, but if don't stop sending me messages. Don't stop saying, hey, went through this and I went through that. And remember the last one I was talking about, the woman that lost her husband. It, I still, I'll give it, I'll give you the info. She was totally fine because my, my concern was, hey, listen, I would love to tell other people to look at your Instagram because she's very, it's private right now. And she said, Jim, the fact that it inspires you and I can possibly help others that have lost their husband and left children, that means, that means more to me than you know because there's so many people like us. And so... Hey, let's get something going here. Let's start lifting each other up. Uh, it may sound corny to others, but what do we got to lose? What's the big deal? What's the big freaking deal? So I'm going to ask her one more time, make sure. But she always has something. I noticed this Thanksgiving, she put a lot of pictures of her husband that that has passed and her kids. And it was beautiful. And she puts up messages every day. She says how she hurts. She says how some days are brutally awful. She says how I had the strength today and I felt my husband telling me just do this and I, I'm doing things I never did, fixing things I never fixed and I gotta say I I feel this person's this mom that lost her her loved one I, I tell you this this that woman is an inspiration. She's a tremendous inspiration and so are the men too that lost anyone that loses people, kids, but all that. And you and you reached out to me, and, I, and I'm following you. And I tell you what, it's powerful. It's powerful. And I hope a lot of you get to to, to help one another and feel that help. That almost came out really corny. <laughs> it came. Out, I was like thinking of something, but I couldn't do it. Go ahead, Jim. Um, I'm looking at the sun right now. It's absolutely beautiful. It's trying to peek through the clouds of San Jose. I'm going to start getting ready for the show. Maybe take a little shower, get dressed, 
hey man, put the good thoughts my way. I'm going to put them your way. And like I said before every show, I just hope someone out there gets, needs that laugh and they get that laugh. Whatever's going on in their life, whatever's going on in your life, I hope life is good and you, and you get through it and you find a laugh. Laughter definitely helps. So I'm going to get ready for the show. We got a lot of stuff coming. The House of Brews is going to get tense. I'm going to have some new tour dates, by the way. I have new tour dates that are going to pop up real soon. And I'm also going to let you know, this has been such an amazing tour, the Live and Laugh Tour, that we have a lot of dates coming for next year. We have new legs that we're putting on. Um, and I'll let you know about tickets as soon as possible. I believe we're going to hit the entire Southeast and Southwest. I'm pushing extremely hard for Colorado. I love Colorado. It's one of my favorite states to tour and visit. If I can live there, I would. Um, so there's a lot of dates coming, and some of them are going to be announced real soon. Really, really soon, in the next week or two. So keep an eye out on that, officialjimbrewer.com or my Instagram page and uh, the Facebook page, Twitter. I don't tweet, but I always respond to positive tweets. So otherwise, I don't respond. Um, and, oh my God, the trip, the vacation that is going on with my family this summer is insane. And I'll just tell you, I have this obsession. I don't know if it's an obsession. When I first started, I I, I love gorillas. Don't ask me why. I I feel they're so relatable, so human-like. I can almost feel their souls when I look at them. When I would first start on the road, I would always go to a zoo. Always, 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 always go to a zoo, walk around the zoo all day. And I'd always sit in front of the gorillas, sometimes for two hours, three hours, just stare at the gorilla, thinking I'm connecting with him. Um, Some of those visits were enhanced, uh, but a lot of times they weren't. But somewhere, I'd be a liar if I said, because I know one day I'm going to run from Maine. You're going to go to footage like, clearly we see him in the parking lot catching a buzz right here. That's why he's staring at the gorilla for us. But I really would, would there's something about them. And uh, sometimes I'd look at my dad, the way his forehead was. And, was, and, and so I look at certain people. And let me preface this by saying white people. And I can see how we, the, the apes are not that far off. We're not that far off. You baby gorilla. Not that far off. So, this summer, we're going to Africa and we're going to trek the gorillas. And you know, when my wife was diagnosed, it was one of those, you know what? Who cares? Let's create memories. We can't take the money with us. We were born with nothing. We came here with nothing. And we're going to leave with nothing. Just your soul enters and your soul exits.
And that's the way it is. And when I have moments like that, I go, you know what? Screw it. We're going to freaking Africa. We're going to track the gorillas. And now, today, which I got to see how much it's going to cost because I don't know if I'm going to pull it off. I'm going to do my best, but I don't know if I can pull it off. Maybe I do a fake charity event and I take the money and I go do the rest of the trip. You know what's sick? People really do that. They really do that. That's that's what's that's why I don't get involved with a lot of charities and or GoFundMe pages. Good lord. Um, I may be heading to the pyramids as well. I always wanted to go, but I'm not gonna lie to you. Call me judgmental because I am a tiny bit, not not just a we'll call it lack of education, leading by fear. Uh, I have this vision of just this white guy sticking out from Long Island, um, sticking out like a sore thumb, walking around Egypt. I was always scared. I was scared of being kidnapped. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm just taken out for whatever reason. So I apologize for those thoughts, but now we, we were just offered some insane opportunity and I don't know. I'm going to have to look into this. Well, we have a lot to catch up on next week. I hope to see you on tour. I hope you get to listen to this. Have a great weekend. And I love you guys. Thank you so much. Go out there today and walk the walk. Don't talk. Walk the walk. Thanks for listening. Set an example. <laughs>